Welcome to Frame by Frame. Hi. <laughs> Why do you sound so shy, Andy? I don't know. I hate starting these things. You hate starting these podcasts, yeah. don't you? That's why if you had a snappy catchphrase like mine, then you'd feel okay. Do you, do you want to try mine just, just to kind of ease you in? The clock is running. You talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Who the hell are you talking? Talking to me? I'm funny how. I'm funny. I'm Peter Vink. We all go a little mad sometimes. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Does that feel better? It does, actually. I feel a little bit better. Okay. So... so somehow, I just feel like, I wish you didn't have all this technology around me. Really? You know, it would be easier to just converse with my fellow people if it was in a sort of, like, I don't know, you know, like medieval times. It's very hard to do podcasts in medieval times, but do you know what? There's... there's we could a, do brass a, rubs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We could totally do... That sounds wrong and illegal, but that's okay. Well, obviously, we can't go back to medieval times, but perhaps we could, like, get in a spaceship and pretend we're scientists and go off to a planet that perhaps might be, like... Stuck in a perpetual Middle Ages. Yeah, can't quite push into the Renaissance. What you're saying is is that we should be talking about... uh, What what are we going to be talking about today, It's hard to be a god. No, 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 it's not called that. It's called Trodnobiot Bodgum. Yeah, but translated, I think that means it's hard to be a god. Это не Земля, это другая планета. Такая же, как Земля, но не догнавшая ее лет на 800. There we go. So, Hard to Be a God is a Russian film. Yeah, Russian film. Um, it's three hours long. It's black and white. It's full of striking images and um, right. Yeah. Okay. Striking images. But what do you say by striking images? What do you mean by that? Images that sort of stay with you, I guess. Yeah. Did with me anyway. And um, yeah. there is so much in every shot and. It's, it's, it's thick. It's thick. Yeah. Dense. So it was directed by Alexei German. Uh, I'm sticking with Ale- that. Alexei German, I'm going to say. No, all right. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I don't know. German? German? So the thing with this film, oh, it took a him... Russian name. Yeah, it took him six years to make it. So it's already sort of infamous. From 2000 to 2006, though, that's when he actually made the film. Yeah, before that it was... The rest of it was sound editing apparently he was a stickler for sound editing right and he couldn't get it right well the the sad thing is while he was editing the film he yeah. tragically died and his wife and his son had to complete the film yeah I mean this is, this is obviously a labour of love for him 
I mean, it's it's uh, adapted from a, an old Russian, uh, 1964 Russian novel. Yeah. Um, of the same name. Uh, naturally, he had his own vision for this, and it was a very unique vision for it. He mm. had a very stylized way of of putting this this book onto film. There are other versions of this book that have actually been put out there in shorter versions right. of the film, in color, and they run on a kind of a, 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 a typical narrative story. You see characters in the distance talking, right, and you cut to what they're taught looking at, and it's it's you know what you would expect from a normal film, a normal telling of any any story or book. And there's sci-fi elements in that. There's strong sci-fi elements in that. Film. Yeah, this one, however. Is straight away you're into the into the the narrative of this guy, who is who says he's an astronaut, yeah, and he is visiting a planet that is living in a perpetual Middle Ages, yeah, but there is nothing um, outside of the world that that we're actually looking at. There's nothing su- that suggests beyond science fiction. Yeah, you saw. It, it... So the camera is this person, isn't That's it? That's it. The camera the is the person. So the camera is the only bit of technology that. I'd is, say the is... camera is God. I mean, if we're talking about an omniscient uh, um, um, observer, as we are, we are observing this film. The, the that that cameraman doesn't get harmed, doesn't get accosted, doesn't get raped, doesn't. You know, everything is fine. He's able to freely go around this this story without any harm. So yeah. there is a certain godliness about that, which I think is probably where he got that idea from mm. but but the, but yeah. yeah but the um the other scientist who we do see a lot of who's, the one who's in front of the camera who's in front of the camera he's he sort of took on a kind of deity form himself whether he's proclaimed that he is a god himself mm-hmm. or everyone has took him as being a god yeah, I think there was mixed feelings. Yeah. I, I got it as mixed feelings because a lot of people were kind of sitting on the fence, quite literally, just sitting yeah. <laughs> on a fence, looking over and, and, and just, you know, some were disgusted with him and some were kind of like, most most of them were kind of fascinated yeah. by him and wanted to dance around the, for The him. only bit of dialogue that really made any sense was at the very beginning when yeah. he, the, the overdub god, shall we say, the other scientist who's behind the camera, is saying that, like, you know, I've come to this planet that is just like Earth, but, like, 800 years prior. And that part, that little speech, all makes perfect sense. And I, lo- I actually sort of fell in love with this shot where it was just on the stream and very slowly just sort of panned up. And then you just saw this village with people working and doing their own thing. And I loved that image. It is authentic. Yeah, it feels I thought, very... wow, wow, that's been made. You know what I mean? Someone's made that and... But then ten minutes into it, someone takes a shit out of the top of a window and two peasants rub it into their own faces. And I was like, ah, okay. As if it's really happening in front of you. Yeah. It does does have an extraordinary sense of of raw, real. It doesn't doesn't pretend to be anything but a film about two scientists who are on a planet. It's... Everybody's really into the role. Everybody's into the era. There's no illusions here. It's really happening. They, they, they went that far to make everything that real. The only difficulty is, is because it's black and white, you don't know the difference between filth and custard. But <laughs> part, of me, it, part of me thought, while watching this, if the film was in colour, 
I don't think I've been able to stomach it. That's what I'm thinking because they're all the, the, you, you'd see what what's blood. You yeah. see where the blood begins and the shit ends. It immediately know? makes me think of that part in Kill Bill where they had to make it black and white when she fights all those guys because it was so gory. Mm. They made it black and white so you could you know obviously the past the senses. Yeah, people think right people can stomach that now it's in black and white. But this that was like that was like 2000 really. I don't think they had much to worry about because around the corner all the gory slasher films and saw films were just going to happen. So yeah, yeah, maybe they were a little bit too worried. I I doubt Tarantino does anything that doesn't want to do. So I'm, I think I'm not too sure. Will. I'm not. I'm not too sure if I should do this. I know. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to hold back. I'm going. I'm really going to hold back. Woody Allen. <laughs> no, 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 no. The same first. But but they, but they are fast talking directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scorsese, whatever. But yeah, in this. It is, yeah. So everything is covered is... in mud and dirt and grime, and you feel that it's just awful existence, and everyone stinks, and it's. You know when you watch a um, um, what are the cards called? Uh, Hallmark, a Hallmark movie, Christmas movie, yeah. and you see the two two squeaky clean characters walking down the street, and they walk over the snow, which is actually uh, fabric, and right. it gets caught on the heel, and, it, and you can see it, it gets picked up, and right. you can tell, oh, that's a set. Um, you never, for one second, feel as though you're in a a, a, a kind of a Hallmark movie. No, this. you feel that everything is. There's n- nothing gets nothing's flappy, nothing's. Light. Everything's heavy. You know when they when they're carrying big structures, they are really carrying big structures. Nothing looks like it's been movie made. It looks like it's just there. And that's to me what I think the film's about. It's about observing yeah. things. And by being an observer of something, do you somehow change? Like like if we went to a tribe in the Amazon. Absolutely, uh, and no one's ever been there before. By you going observing them, you change that tribe. That's it. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think that's an what the, I think that's what the film's about. It's about the very the, the seeds of, of influence. Yeah, and how that can. I mean, you could say that maybe that the um, that this is actually the influence that they need to actually change the course of their history. This is how it, it always starts with just one little thing. This could also be the, the start of a new messiah. Um, mm. it, uh, you know, this is probably how gods are created. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you know, Jesus was an astronaut, kind of a storyline. Yeah, um, and then it spreads and spreads, and it becomes this whole thing. But like we say, we're only seeing—we're almost as if we're only just seeing a glimpse of the seeds being planted yeah. in the change of this entire culture on this planet. Mm. It's very bizarre, though. Very bizarre, to, a, a project, a very ambitious a project. You have to <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> you have to be so committed to to spend every day doing the same dirty shoot. Every, I mean, for six years shooting this, you are. And, and what's amazing, if it took him six years to shoot it, yeah, all the main characters in it look the same. No one seems to have changed in six but, years. You're right. You're right. But plus, plus. Really, in that kind of a circumstance, even if they, even if one had lost an ear, and uh, or one had shaved his beard, 
just painted it over with a bit of shit or blood. Something yeah. is bound to have happened in that scene. Whereas a few seconds later, somebody's thrown something at them and they've got they're covered in stuff. It, you you wouldn't even notice if they've aged, even if it was yeah. Even if it was like no, it's not like boyhood where there's literally a child growing up to be a man. You know, six years in an adult's life isn't that much of a. I suppose so. Yeah, I suppose you're right. But uh, I'm not like I was trying to make an argument. Oh no, I know. Yeah, but but so I suppose just to keep it, it looking authentic, looking, looking authentic, it looks like it lasted about three or four days. Yeah, we were observing the lighting was always the same. Yeah, and it's a hard watch, man. It is a hard watch. Um, I think I concentra- I had more concentration when they went inside a building because things got a little bit more. You know, the 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 saturation of the image where what is true black or what is true white yeah. they rarely touched upon true black or true white as a, as a colour palette everything was kind of within I hate to say it but shades of grey right. um, it was it's a very muted low saturation palette Yeah. Um, but when you go inside they kind of ramp it up a little bit and you can tell where darkness the darkness is around the edges and the candles are purer and lighter and clothing you can actually see because they've mm. all had a wash um, yeah. but everything is just so grey and outside and yeah. I, I find it very hard to concentrate on what was really going on and I think that that's the thing about this is, is a, it's quite an endurance test to actually stay the course for the whole three hours mm. did you watch it straight without a break uh, did I watch? yes yeah so did I yeah. but it was it was more because I was, this is the first movie I've ever tweeted whilst watching a film. I needed to tweet whilst yeah. watching this film so that I could stay with it. Because you were tweeting me, and I was out on a hike, and I was sort of like, watch the film, stop tweeting me. So I, I stopped tweeting you because I thought, you need to be in it. You don't know, you can't yeah. miss a thing. But if, if I did that, I would have just passively just lost it and... I don't know. I, I I just couldn't stay. I mean, there was a few moments where I did just drift away because I, I just wasn't invested in what I was looking at. I found it very hard to concentrate. Yeah, I think because all the di- no dialogue makes sense. So one person will say something to someone, and then what they reply back yeah. bears no resemblance to what they've just been asked. Did you buy dog treats for the dog that you're looking after? Blue mailboxes really make me feel strange. Oh my gosh, I think I need to light that candle. Do you like that kind of music? I'm going to scratch my side. Exactly, you know what I mean? That's kind of what it's like. Yeah, the last, not, di- not, the last dialogue in the film, yeah. I uh, memorised it and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ruin it because I've just put myself on it. It is, um, they're all walking off and they're sort of whistling that song, aren't they? And yeah. then you have the, uh, it's like a farmer with his son seems to walk into shot. Yeah. And he's like, do you like this song? And then the son's like, I don't know because it makes me feel sick. And then the guy replies, yes. And that's the last dialogue in the film. I was like, "What?" Yeah, that, yeah it's you're like right. it's very, it's Lynchian, but Lynchian. but almost like reverse. It's like, like a reverse conversation. Yeah, yeah, I like so, like yeah. you could like yes was supposed to be the first thing they said, and you know it's, it, it's kind of yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But maybe that's just they're they're trying to make it look the same as our Middle Ages, our Dark Ages. Yeah, but at the same time, probably the language is different. Maybe conversation. Maybe they thought that deeply about the whole conversation structure that not everybody on this planet says what they actually want to say or answers what they want to do in the immediate time. But to, to me, I kind of didn't feel invested simply because they were leaning towards something that could have been construed as being 
Earth history. Yeah. It could have just been a slice out of the book of, of history in our past. Um, this could have just been Soviet Russia back in the 1500s, mm. as, uh, for all I knew. Mm. The only thing that separated that was the fact that they had a conversation at the beginning about being astronauts. Yeah. But the nomenclature has nothing to do with with being on a different planet. Uh, to, to me, it kind of it kind of felt as though I wanted them to do something that was alien to Earth and distinguish themselves a little bit different. Still, be that type of culture, right. but do something slightly different. Maybe if they were telepathic or something, or right. if they were if they had the ability to jump if the gravity was different or something something that put it in the genre of science fiction rather than just assumed science fiction yeah. which is kind of my only argument about the film is that it's not really science no, fiction no it's not people have said that they've argued that you have to make it say it's sci-fi because they say they're astronauts I don't really think you have to because no. there's no sci-fi elements it's uh, I think I had it in my head the other day what the genre was and it's it's kind of like alternate reality and that's okay I can play with that idea of alternate reality yeah it doesn't necessarily mean it's earth reality it's just an alternate reality like Star Wars is an alternate reality yeah but with s strong science fiction conventions maybe yeah but then I suppose in one respect you can argue that everything is every film everything is set in space no yeah because we're all on this planet yeah Pride yeah. and Prejudice it's a sci-fi <laughs> book sci because book. technically it's based in space because we everything is <laughs> that's where that's where we start to go a little bit quasi because it's <laughs> it's like Pride and Prejudice but, but it would be science fiction if Elizabeth Bennet told Darcy I'm not really human I'm actually an alien I'm here to observe you carry on yeah, and then the rest of the movie is just her being Elizabeth Bennet, but because in the back of our minds we're thinking, oh, she's actually an alien, that makes the whole project prejudice a sci-fi. I suppose so. Yeah, it does. But then <laughs> everything's sci-fi because everything's set in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, everything's sci-fi. Everything's science fiction. But then, yeah, oh, even action films. I mean, even even Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible. If you look at those movies, the action is impossible. The yeah. action things that I mean things that they did in speed the film in Die Hard the amount of times that John McClane should have died, it's science fiction man. Absolutely, they should have died. And so yeah, I mean the only thing that that distinguishes us. I mean we had this discussion about what was science fiction a while ago in a few episodes ago, but mm. the only thing, distinction is is that is that for for something to be considered science fiction, it has to be something that is not conceivable in our current reality. We, we we base it more on on technology on on that vision, so that, that yeah. there are edges that are blurred, and I think this is just one of those that is far at the edge of of the blurred reality of what a genre is for science fiction. Right on the edge. What? Right. Cause I think the film's about observing. It is about observing. That's what I think it's about. But narratively, it isn't really about anything, is it? There's no plot. Well, the, the, if you actually read the plot. I actually read the plot afterwards right. to find out what was going on, and apparently they were going to visit the other, find the other scientists or something, and meet. They met with a group of people, and they turned out to be a little bit Zionist and a bit odd and, and unusual and religious, and and then they went there and they did this, and this person killed him, and then and I was like, did they, did all this happen, mm -hmm. or did it was it just simply it happened? 
and it was like you were you're either there or you're not you're observing but doesn't necessarily mean that everything that you see in the plot actually happened in front of you yeah yeah absolutely you've taken that as one point yeah and and it's sort of like you have to know that before you into the film because they don't really explain that much in the film yeah exactly so So you don't know if if, so as you go into the cinema to watch it they have to give you a pamphlet of this is what happened before and then this is what happens for the three hours afterwards and then blah 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 these are the things that happen off screen that are very important to the plot but you're not going to see them yeah and if you don't see those things nothing could make sense yeah well nothing's going to make sense anyway but but then I think if okay imagine if you were to if we were to the two scientists okay yeah we we got our rocket the moment you said that (laughs) we're on a scientist I sniffed my finger (laughs) imagine you're a scientist because what's that all about Sticking his hands in shitty little holes and smelling his fingers all the time, and it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it... I mean, isn't that what scientists do? No, <laughs> you stick your finger in some like arsenic. <laughs> I mean, I mean they, there's one scene at the near the beginning where they where they basically uproot and and take part a toilet, right? It's a privy. Yeah, and they li- he lifts up the circle and you can see all and he laughs. He puts because his head in it and laughs, doesn't he? And there's shit it. all around him. And it's like, I can't, as soon as I started watching this, I thought, I'm not going to enjoy this movie. No, 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 no. I'm not going to enjoy this movie because I don't don't know why he's doing that. But, okay, we're two scientists, okay? Okay. Stop sitting your fingers. <laughs> we're two scientists. We... So we're so, two scientists. Two, two scientists, go on. We're two scientists, you and me. We go to this other planet. Yeah. You sniff your fingers. <laughs> And, um, okay, so we arrive and we've got, we're kind of surrounded by technology. First of all, we're going to get rid of the, hide away all the technology, okay? Okay, job number one. We've then got to blend in with the, uh, with the, with the people. Yeah. Okay? They don't speak our language, or shouldn't speak our own language, unless we've actually had the chance to actually observe them before. We know the language and we're talking Russian. Okay, for example. Okay. So we get there, we learn the language, and, um, we're treated as gods because we seem to be acting slightly different to them. We're uh, we're not blending in as well <laughs> as we should be. Maybe it's like that um, that Holy Grail quote where he says like, "Oh look, there goes a king." You go, well, "How do you know he's a king? He's the only one who hasn't got shit all over him." Ah, very clever. Yeah. Very good, and a good link to the next movie we're going to talk about very yeah. shortly. Um, but yeah, you're right. But was the thing is we we don't see an event from where these characters originate. We see them as if they have completely gotten rid of any creature comfort. They've literally just they're living the life on this planet. They're mixing with them, and yet they are regarded as being higher beings or or despicable beings, depending on who's with for or against them there's and, and yet they just carry on what they're able to just walk through towns and cities without that much trouble yeah everybody well the other guy gets quite a lot of trouble he has to kill quite a few people doesn't he the one that we've seen yes, from the camera they seem to be able to survive quite well considering that they're still scientists fish mm. out of water they're not going to be are they military trained scientists I mean we, we can only assume that these these two people have some sort of an omnipotent, uh, omnipotent uh, quality, but then uh, a bubble surrounding them because they they don't. I mean, I'm sure they would have been. We would have been killed. I mean, if it was you and me, we probably would have been killed off pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. It'd be like the 60s for you. 
except, without, except without Janis Joplin sitting in the Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, I kind of find it hard to kind of put the scientist in this movie. Uh, I can put the observer, I can put the observer and the duck blind observer in there, but I want to see the event of that. I really do. I don't. I, I don't want to just see people who are assumed to be. It, it, I, I don't th- I think it, it bothers me that much. That I, I don't think this is a film that you can be taken literal. No, no, no. Okay, it's got really no narrative. Yes. It's... So you're saying I need to let go of the scientists? I think you have to because we see no science in it. There's we no see science. observing. We see observing. Which, okay. I, like we've said, I think that's primarily what the film's about. And. Um, <clears throat> It's all about the visuals. Yeah. It's all about these incredible sets that have been built and made. And so maybe we're talking more about the fact that we were talking more production value than actual plot narrative. I'd like to read the book and see what I can get from the book. There is actually the audio book. Yeah. It's on... Uh, is it in Russian? It's in Russian. <laughs> Yay! Here's a, here's a snippet. Wow. That sounds pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, it's very hard to actually put any snippet because I know we normally laid in this episode, these episodes with, with parts from the movie. Yeah. And everything I'm going to be putting in here is going to be Russian. Yes. So. What we should be doing is drinking <laughs> vodka right now, shouldn't we? We should be. I mean, we actually didn't have, we didn't think ahead and actually. Got uh, drunk. Got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it means to talk about this one. <laughs> but okay, let's talk about what we, what we saw in the movie. I mean, there, there's. There's everything that everything that you come to expect from the the, the kind of era. You, you you kind of and more. I mean, there's there's people being hung. There's people being. Um... Okay, right. So the main guy in it, we see a lot of. He's yeah, yeah. sort of omnipotent, omnipotent yeah. and impotent <laughs> at the same time, isn't he? Is that why he never gets his end away? Well, doesn't he try with that girl? There's a girl who sort of feels him and goes, oh my God, I'm glad you've got one or something. And then she takes a chastity belt off. And yeah, they try yes. and he just sort of just falls off her and she's screaming at him because she, she won't because, do it. And yeah. he just walks away. He looks quite drunk at the time. You can never tell when he's drunk or when he's sober. Because she seems to follow follow them in the narrative quite for quite a while. Because she comes back about an hour later, doesn't but she? But then she dies. Yeah. But the, the event of her dying is actually all seen or is not seen. No, the, you, it just... She's yeah, talking, you she's go into a room, don't you, and then she's dead. Everyone's yeah. been... They're talking, gutted. they're talking and they're laughing and she's kind of like prodding... It's something to do with a brush or a stick or something. Mm. And uh, she's laughing and he's just talking and talking and talking. We move away from her and then we kind of do this pan down and we go across and then she's got this blade or something in her head and she's actually dead. But we never hear anything off no, camera. No, but then we never see anything that trigger camera. a bit of a fight... Isn't and she's been attacked, and that yes. triggers a bit of a kickoff. But nothing actually is seen, so you don't. So you're more confused. I, I was more confused about that because I thought, well, hang on, what's happened there? I didn't I, actually uh, actually see the actual fight start because I was crying. <laughs> I kind of early on decided not to try and find any narrative don't in this. find it an hour. you know what I mean and just let it wash over you and just sort of you don't have an obsessive compulsive disorder do you, you I do you, but not for that not for, you don't have a neurosis for a plot <laughs> and storyline you can let it go I can let it go yeah and we, we, so we, can we, you with Mad Max don't give me that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah alright it's all about visuals 
things that stuck with me were those awful contraptions <laughs> that they used to yeah. kill paws. Oh remember? god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgusting yeah. things. Do people who might listen to this have not seen it. It's just like sort of a wooden structure with this huge shaft on it which obviously is a resembles a lot like a penis but it's massive it's like that big <laughs> that's good for radio isn't it yeah. it's that big it's, I've got my arms big, yeah. quite wide yeah and imagine the bunny rabbit in guess how much I love you and that's how I actually is. thought if we see that being used I'm switching this off I'm not interested I'm sick of seeing how bad women get treated in film in and film, I don't need no. it anymore but you never get to see it, but the implication being that they strap the girl with legs spread apart on one side and then they use these pulleys to sort of just ram her against this huge shaft but just ripping her apart. Just... And the whole shaft's just covered in blood and bits. And the freak who keeps sniffing his finger, the other scientist, picks a bit off of the, the blood, doesn't he? And all it's all disgusting yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's playing with it, And he yeah. puts it in his face and stuff. And you're like, oh, fuck off. These aren't scientists. They've lost it. Unless they were, that when they when they first got there, they were pretty scientific. And that's kind of what got them their reputation. But then they kind of lost it because they got they were there so long. That they I, just... I, I think he believes he's a god. I think he's, he's the... lost it and now he believes he's, he's a god. So there's the madness. This is, yeah. this is basically... Uh, Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Who's um, without snails coming down. There's a, there's a bug in my head. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is it is pretty much that. So they have they're right there under the illusion of that they they are gods. Well, at least I think maybe the one the, that's observing maybe he's still probably trying to do his job and not interfering. Yeah. So maybe he's watching Kurtz. Uh, he's following his scientist buddy who is now Kurtz, lost in the jungle. Yeah. And living with all the uh, natives. That's he's it. really good at saxophone. He's very good at saxophone. Yes, he is. Yeah. But that's kind of like the only thing that he's kind of kept with him, or maybe that's... Yeah. But even that's disgusting, the way he has to like spit and then puts his mouth over the mouth. There was a lot of spitting. <laughs> there was a lot of spitting in this movie. Yeah, and the, no, the out through the nose thing where oh, I hate... Yeah, things like that. I mean, I'm, whenever I see anybody doing it on the street, spitting... I, I always I, I could be that close to making having an altercation with them. I love yeah, that yeah. altercation. Altercation. Um, so Get you yeah. over there! Stop doing that! Oh, oh. shit! He's coming at me. <laughs> he's coming over to have an altercation. Oh, I've got water. I yes. got I, I got you some water. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. I think it's water. <laughs> yeah. Ah, but yeah, I mean, that, there, there's. There's there's stuff happening because because the camera is actually an observer. The camera is a character in the film. Um, stuff happens in front of the camera pretty much all the time. And that's one of the things I really love. Yeah, yeah which, where, which I liked. As yeah, well. people looking into the camera and almost trying to brag off in front of the camera. Yeah, and you can see why it must have been so hard to stage because there's massive long takes where so much happens in one take without a cut. It's, that we know of. I mean, yeah. It, well, there could it, be cuts in there. There can be cuts in there, yeah. I was looking for them. Like with Birdman, you can tell when they're there, when something goes slightly black for a second and then it's not. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit more obvious. Yeah, though. but I think with this, it was, I think there was at least three to four minutes with so much going on with the camera just moving around, following this guy, and people coming out of here and then looking at the camera and then like a boy jumping up in front of the camera and then disappears and then this woman comes in and this fat woman just lifts her skirt up so you can see her ass starts wiggling at the camera and yeah, you walk yeah. past the fat woman and naked guys walking by naked guy for no reason no just clothes walking on by. penis hanging out there which is. I kind of think is well why would anybody do that anyway in this time they're asking for something they're asking for trouble um, yeah, but it's, it's very it unusual. didn't seem to matter to everyone no, around. No, nothing matters. Just, just like that. Just yeah, naked just, man, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. 
The poor girl in the bed, where they, they're in that room where the fat woman's in, and then you see someone, you see the bed covers moving, we think there's someone under there, but there's like cats everywhere or dogs, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. And then he's talking to someone about nothing in particular and just moves the co- covers, and there's a naked woman under there, and he just and, grabs and her ass. Yeah, grabs her, and then she gets off and walks. Did she away. just walk away and you never see her again? <laughs> and, oh, it, it's that, frustrating. It is, but, but fascinating. But you know what? Yeah, and the movie. What the what this film has done is that it is it is pulling at your emotions. It's playing with your mind, and it's 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 provoking you. It's a very provocative film, and it's provoking you. And that's that's the one reason why a lot of people kind of don't want to watch it because they kind of it's they don't like to go through that when we're watching a movie they want to be spoon fed with everything and, and go ooh oh, what's going to happen there? I was never excited about the next scene in this movie I was always kind of ready for it like, yeah what is it okay what, what, we're going to go we're going outside again okay now we're going inside what's this place going to be like what's going to go and what's going to happen in this room yeah it was more of a you, you, you kind of you're with the scientist basically you are going with the scientist yeah and which is, I think, is a very clever way of putting putting the audience into the movie, pushing them in. Mm. And there's some incredible things in it. Yeah. Like, you know, and like the the image of like the children in all the mud and shit, and just playing with dead bodies, and all the organs just falling out. You see, like yeah, someone just, just pulled up. them. There's a guy who was dead, and someone just just grabs something off him. Yeah, and, then and just like the, playing with it. Yeah, and all his intestines start flo- coming out, and then a kid just picks up the intestines and walks off Yay! with them around his neck. You know, Yay! it's like I'm glad it's in black and white. <laughs> it's in black and white. So there we go. I mean, they, they... but what, if there's one image out of it, yeah, what, what, what have you took from it? If 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 anything. Dangling from for quite a while, it was this long shot, and it was a beautiful big vista of a shot because you've got this guy who's dangling in white at the foreground of the, of the picture, and somebody's throwing a whole bag of stuff to somebody in the background, and they walk all the way down, and they're just characters having a conversation off the screen. Mm. So, what I get is it's just a sense of place, it's like the camera's just been put down and they're having a conversation, and it's just whatever happens is happening there's nothing there's no reason for anything and that that shot itself kind of made me think this is what this film is about yeah it's about things that aren't necessarily on the screen but it's also about everything that you're watching in the screen yeah. as well. it's, and and yeah it's it's not it's not your usual movie it's not and like I said I got all the way through it is the film is about observing yeah. and by observing you influence what happens to a society by just True. watching it and that's it but one scene for me that I thought was it was tragic and awful but sort of beautiful was hmm. you know when there's all those I assume slaves because there doesn't seem to be anyone controlling them but they're holding up that huge wooden structure they've all got a noose the around the neck yes and you see them come from the distance and walk straight past and, all, and out back to the distance and then they'll come from the left and go to the right and it just films the entire thing and it's just an extraordinary Sure. visual yeah. piece of cinema you know yeah and like I said to you I thought it's an, it's an important film yeah it's frustrating it's amazing to watch I will never watch it again I don't need to ever see that film again yeah and I think that's exactly what, what I kind of went on to I mean it's, it's, it's unseen brutality leading to sniffing of dogs but did you remember that, seeing that bit yeah, as well yeah that's that's what I remember I remember these things but like, like I say I mean it's the 
the shots are every shot is is set up perfectly I mean how do you know when you're going to turn when they, like, that something is actually going to happen in front of you and that's what you I try mean. that with any other director well, yeah. they wouldn't when the, he's walking through a crowd of people yeah. and some people are looking at the camera some people bump into the camera some people do but that they're, they're all and then meant other people, to be there yeah every part of that <laughs> was, meant to was be done there. it was staged that's it's amazing like, it's like a, Roger, um, a Robert Altman film I mean The Player is a Robert Altman film which is kind of like a light version of this um, <laughs> yeah, where where the camera does move uh, for for a long, long time, and it does go and it does observe. It's an observing camera throughout that film as well. Yeah. Uh, even though we're we're constantly with the main characters in that film, and there is a plot and there's story and there's things that we recognise as, as as dialogue. Yeah, um, but it's the way the camera moves, and you don't know how they set it all up, how the consistency with the lighting and everything, and I, maybe. Maybe the reason why it is a very muted, shallow colours palette that it doesn't go into too much depth unless it's actually in size because of the, the amount of control that they needed to have to have those big long shots. They couldn't have too many extremes of lighting because it would have been impossible to shoot. Yeah. That when you go inside you've got more control. You've got more control over the lighting, but when you've got too much of a wide area and you're travelling from here to there, you don't want to have too many lighting setups that you have to dismantle and set up quickly before you actually lose the flow because like that scene I was just talking about maybe a numpteen times um, one of them fell over or something that happened and it's like right we can't do it again we'll have to do it again tomorrow yeah 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 you know because it took so long to set it up and same time of day you've got to get yeah. the same time of day and maybe that's, that's probably, why it took six years I mean, to it, make, yeah it's taken six years because they had to have everything that's still on the same level and it's that intricate. I mean how, we don't know how many takes it took um, to do this um, every time, but maybe it just really, really was that punishing of a, of a shoot. It but, looks, but everybody stayed it with it. Not, I didn't see any characters, actors being replaced halfway through. That's a good director, isn't it? Yeah, it's a director staying Faithful. positive and excited about it. They you must wanna... have had fun. You no way would you be on that film for six years without really losing your mind, <laughs> unless you had fun doing it. Yeah, the Russians have fun. Yes, they do. Good. And they also build monuments for America that America doesn't get told about because they want to still keep up that fear gate and Russians are, are still uh, uh, dark, malevolent people with an agenda. You heard about the teardrop, didn't you? No. The teardrop monument, I'm just a uh, sidestep, but this is something as as really, talk about Johnny Vegas, this is something right. really positive about... Um, they built... Uh, but basically, after the 2001... Uh, the, the two towers. Yeah. Um, Putin and, and the people of, of Russia funded all together as a part of a, a pot uh, to build and send over a huge monument in the form of, a, of two towers and a, and a crack with a teardrop in the middle. They sent it over to America as a gift to the American people in consolidation and in, in empathy with what they what was lost. They of course they lost twenty six Russians in that in the World Trade yeah. Center as well. They sent it over as a gift, and they erected it in a, a couple of um, small islands south of the Statue of Liberty or somewhere that's close by, at least. But not many, much of a population there. They put it up, they erected it up there. Not one media, um, not one single part of the media uh, reported on it for years. It was regarded as only a local attraction that only the locals knew that it existed. 
and nobody talked about it. Wow. Because they wanted to main that the media were, would never want to actually admit that Putin had actually done something nice for the people, the American people, and it's all a part of this whole all the social networks there it is and I kind of ver- verified it I thought I'm going to do Snopes on this one mm. this is ridiculous that that they people are so amazed by it and feel such an empathy now with Russia that it's kind of the, the media is really going to struggle to hide these kind of things in the future I think and it's a bit of a breakthrough because they, you know the American people needed this so basically the teardrop is I didn't know about that that's the, amazing yeah, so the teardrop is out there for the American people to as a gift from Russia. Never, you know, as much as the uh, Statue of Liberty was a gift from Paris. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it's just never been talked about. Or, yeah, that's it. It's been yeah, a hidden, okay. a hidden gift. And I'm, I wonder how Russia actually felt about that. Why they hadn't had a a, a massive outpour of thank you or, or love from America. He probably would have had thanks, but not. From the general populace, it would have been, been a, it would have been a big private ceremony of thanks yeah. and on private network. But it's just unusual because I think that you know, with Russia, I mean, they they make beautiful films. They have a beautiful culture. There are Russians who are. I mean, do you watch the Crazy Russians no, on no. YouTube? No, no, they no. come up with all these amazing ways to to make life easier by putting rubber bands in and things and showing you how to open a a, cat, a tin without a can opener and they're they're just really savvy really extraordinary uh two russian guys who have ha- life hacks for everything and they involve their mother into it and they're hilarious they're great Ooh. but people don't realize that that russia is an accessible place with accessible people and it's not about 1967 anymore it's not about the nuclear cold war anymore it's like vietnam is not about vietnamese anymore trying to blow you up whilst growing rice it's not about that anymore that's why the man from uncle was such a progressive show (laughs) yeah because it it was created by ian fleming who was partly created by him and i doubt none of that will be in the new film by the way I've probably no, I don't think it's based in the Cold War. Like, but obviously it was yeah. it was made in the sixties, and you had someone from Britain. Was it America? Yeah, Napoleon Solo, and then you had Ilya Kuryakin. He was from Russia, and they worked together. Yeah, in a series in the sixties, very progressive. Yeah, and the same goes for Star Trek, also progressive because they. But that was done because Russia was complaining. So we've got to put a Russian in there to keep them happy. Yeah. Oh, we haven't got a black woman in there. Oh, this is, you know, we need to do that. So that was more to me. I kind of get the feeling that Star Trek was probably less progressive because they had to do it. Yeah, well, the man from Uncle did it because they, they felt it was. It right. was right. Yeah. Yeah. Mommy, can I? You, this is a film you can't eat popcorn to. No, you can't. <laughs> But that's what Greenway, like. you've got a film like this, which is existential and it's, yeah. not, it's not narrative. Is there driven. anything in America? Is, well, I mean, in, in Russia, I mean, there are some beautiful films that have won Academy Awards for Best Foreign Language Film. Burnt by the Sun is a beautiful film. I yeah. love that film. And um, fell in love with that one that came out. And I, I would love for you to watch it because it's, it's a strong film. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, there's nothing that that re- comes out really that kind of blows American people away. But then I wonder, has America made a film anything like this? Has has Hollywood ever made a film that's been like this? They wouldn't make a film that's like this. But is there anything close to it? Is there anything that is? There isn't, is there? No. You see, the thing was like with this film, if it made 
any kind of money in America, <laughs> imagine they'll, that. they'll immediately remake it. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Forget superheroes. Like... Forget superheroes. We want um, omnipotent camera uh, observing of scientists. But then it wouldn't be in like all these that... different. You know, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. It would it be would, a little it, bit more you know, dynamic. It's hard to be a god. Sub, you know, sub, subtitle. Kill those commies or whatever it might be. Michael Bay will be the fucking gods of machine guns. Yeah, they'll be walking around. Walking around everybody who 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 smiles at the camera and gets shot. It'd be like a first person shooter film, (laughs) wouldn't it? Get away from her, you bitch. (laughs) Hard to be a god is a is a first person shooter. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. without the shooting. It's a first person observer movie without science fiction it's like that alien game where people just walked around because they couldn't figure out how to open doors and stuff alien alien, alien isolation alien isolation yeah I mean that's exactly that's exactly what this is it's a first person shooter film that you just do without shooting so this is what this film is right okay I've got it this is what this film is it's you watching your friend play a first person shooter and you can't have any influence on what he's doing you have to just watch him for three hours Playing a game where he just walks around. Wow. You just knocked on the door of my brain and it's and the lights on and people are in. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that that's it, we've just de- we just decoded it the film. That's it. that's it. Well done my brother. Oh cool. So I'm it's, 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 food now. <laughs> I think so. Oh yeah, dancing dancing chicken feet in the camera lens. I have to love it. Yeah. Um, hard to tell what's really going on. My comments for this movie towards the end were, the film is technically... It was like, Whoa. What the hell? I mean, I said, technically I can understand why it took so long to make. That's true. We've, we've talked about that. Um, could the film be any shorter? Why do I want it to be over? I totally got that. I couldn't... I, it was no, I was never bored, but I couldn't wait for it to finish. It was hard work. Yeah, at the end when he was in the pool... Yeah. After the, all the fighting and the guts and all that shit, because uh, actually that's when you see the kid who's playing in all the dirt and grime, and he starts picking up heads and stuff, and he runs off with some intestines. Camera okay, panning all the way head. through. The, up the head, isn't yeah, it? and the camera pans yeah. through, and eventually you get to the guy. Yeah, he's just in the pool. The one who is this deity, so so called. And he's just in his pool, and then he gets up. He's got no pants on. He walks around. Wasn't that something? So religious. That was such a religious moment. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's as if like that guy walks off, and then the other guy just gets on that virgin and crouches down in all the dirt. He's sort of like one of his disciples, so to speak. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, thank God, the film's going to end, and it still didn't. Didn't end. Yeah, and then it went on a little bit where they all walk off, and then you you have the weird scene with the kid and the farmer. But it's just, yeah, when it ended, I was like, oh. It was, yeah, I I was relieved that I didn't have to watch somebody playing this game anymore. Yeah. And it's like, it's Medal of Honor without without the interesting cutscenes. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, that's it. Well, there you go. <laughs> but um, there were some interesting humorous comparisons that I made. I, um, oh, yes. I've started to do uh, Untrue Connections. Which, um, because there's one film that we kind of related to, um, Hard to Be a God, and that one thing that that probably kept us watching it. We kept on thinking about this in terms of being a comedy. Yeah, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, which incidentally is my favourite Monty Python film. 
It, um, yeah, I mean, that and Life of Brian, the, I can't really tell which one's my favourite between the two. That, they are absolute masterpieces. Yeah, Brian I wanna... flies in a rocket with an alien. I love it. Yeah. Brian is, is, is my hero. I worship him. Yeah, I but I mean, and that's the thing, you know, he's in Judea and he's called Brian Cohen. <laughs> it's like a Welsh name. It's so genius. I think, I honestly think we, we need to dedicate a podcast to maybe those two films and try and iron out which one's the best. So let's yeah. not talk about Holy Grail too much. No, no, no. Well, we, we, maybe this can just be it, this comparison between the two. But if you think about it, Holy Grail has the medieval and the modern. It does. Because, you know, you've got the... It's set in medieval times, and then you have a historian talking about it. Yeah. And then... <laughs> There's your observer. There's your There's science your observer. observer. It's essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. the same film, and then he chops his fucking head And the police go, all right, you're neat. But, well, that's it. It's like, how do we end this film? <laughs> and the police arrest everyone. It's amazing. That's great. Perfect. Oh, it's I mean, so meta. Yeah, I think, I, think we, I think you're right. I think it's too soon to unveil the Holy Grail right now. Well, wouldn't that be an interesting podcast are we t- whether on the podcast we're not right now but it's to try and iron out which is best between Holy Grail and, Bra- and Life yeah. of Brian okay, you what? can be in Life of Brian corner I'll be Holy Grail corner that sounds like fight really good out. okay that sounds great we can be a, it'll be a, a what's that match death match yeah death match celebrity death match celebrity death from match. two people who aren't really celebrities <laughs> and don't really want to fight <laughs> a pacifist death match a pacifist death match to the, to the death hey you stop stop that sorry did I offend you I really didn't mean to offend you are you okay that's how it was in school for me I, mean, like, I, I, I got forced with the other person in the school who didn't who never had a fight because they said one day so you, you've never been in a fight hey, he hasn't ever been in a fight right, you two are going to fight and they literally just pushed us together and we're kind of like just bumping yeah. each other. So I don't want to hit you. Yeah, just, you are, just, hit me. Just, just, just do it once. Just hit me once to start in the face. And then you do that, mate. <laughs> we just didn't. We just, we just kind of just pushed each other. Is, is that enough? <laughs> Can we go now? <laughs> Lovely. Oh, it's funny. But uh, yeah, we yeah, fighting is just not my thing. Right. Okay. Then. So, so if I went, if I were to say, would you like to be, would you like to be set up or would you like to be punchline? I'll be, I'll be set up. Okay. So you're gonna read the blue. Yeah, and then uh, we're doing all of them. Uh, yeah, we'll just go line by line. Okay, because okay, there's ten, so it's, it's basically it's frame by frame presents untrue connections from one to ten. Okay, in Monty Python's Holy Grail, additional knights who say knee scene, they intended to call themselves the Knights of Mickey Nicky. Yes, yeah, so that's an, another scene that they didn't have. Knights of Mickey Nicky. So in in Hard to Be a God, additional peasant who plays with chicken legs in front of camera scene. Um, involved a cut scene that was where peasants who complete a Rubik's Cube in less than 100 moves. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> if that made sense. Filming began for Hard to Be a God in 2000 and finished in 2006. Since then, the director worked mostly on the sound. Unfortunately, he died in February 2013 before finishing the film. That's not funny, but this might be. The cast and crew of Monty Python, Holy Grail, had no idea that this movie was being made. This was considered downtime. <laughs> right. For the Japanese release of Hard to Be a God, Hard to Be a God translated as Gods of Twilight. For the Japanese release of Monty Python's The Holy Grail, Holy Grail is translated as Holy Sake Cup. For the North Korean release, however, this film was called A Day in the Life of the Bee Gees. In Hard to Be a God, the Arkanar City set was constructed in the vicinity of Topnik <laughs> Castle, Czech Republic. Pavilion scenes were filmed in Moscow. In Monty Python's The Holy Grail, the killer rabbit was real. It was something that Michael Palin won in the pavilion in Moscow. 
had to be a god is very straight vision of what the Middle Ages would look like if it never reached the Renaissance era. Perpetual filth. In Monty Python's The Holy Grail, is it a very silly film? It's perpetual silliness. Uh, so some of these aren't funny. That's fine. <laughs> it's a top ten list like David Letterman's top ten. Yeah. On the set of Monty Python's Holy Grail, the catering refused to give the cast and crew any spam out of the tin during lunch. On the set of Hard to Be a God, they ate spam like it was caviar, which is exactly what spam really is, mixed in with horse. <laughs> right. Originally, Hard to Be a God is a 1964 sci-fi novel by Arkady and Boris Strugatsky <laughs> set in the new universe. Original Monty Python's The Holy Grail is a book based on the sex talk transcripts from Michael Palin's early diaries. The Python team, uh, in order to protect their good friend from embarrassment, removed the jolly rogering and replaced it with French soldiers instead. Michael Palin never knew the difference, which made the Python team very uncomfortable. (laughs) In Monty Python's Holy Grail, originally the knight characters were going to ride real horses, but after it became clear that the film's small budget precluded real horses. The Python decided that the characters would mime horse riding while their porters trotted behind them banging coconut shells together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. However, in, in Hard to Be a God, originally there were scenes where wild characters were riding horses, but they were so hungry that they, they ate the, the horses, horses instead. <laughs> in Monty Python's Holy Grail, the non-killer rabbit was actually non not white and was painted without permission by the owner, which may have resulted in an altercation. Another altercation... <laughs> In Hard to Be a God, rabbits may or may not have been used during production. There's no way of telling. They have to. There could have been an elephant and a giraffe in the scene, and you wouldn't have been able to tell that they were there. Right. Monty Python's Holy Grail is a very long episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus with coconuts. Hard to Be a God is a three-hour film filled with flying circus of filth and poo. There, there is. we go. That's our ten. <laughs> And um, yeah, you can tell I ran out of another funny things to say by the end. But it is funny to say that the Holy Grail and it's it's essentially the same film, even though the Holy Grail's got more narrative. Yeah, there's a journey and there's there's an entourage. Yeah, of people and that it does come and go. Skip, and, and there is the future element in there. And yes, yeah, there is the, the, the storytelling and the science. There's a, there's a science behind the observing of it all. And yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah. And every so often they 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 find women because in in the film it's predominantly men. Yeah. Uh, and then every so often there are women, and they're kind of like a breath of fresh air, kind of. <laughs> in How to Be a God, it's not so much a breath of fresh air, but in that one when they go to Castle Anthrax, uh, that place is just full of women. Yeah. And that made me happy. Yes, women are good. And then he gets rescued, and then he's pissed off because he wanted to stay here <laughs> yeah. longer. So it's a golden, it's a golden film, and uh, yeah, we will we will talk about the Holy Grail at another time. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, uh, that was it. It's hard to be a god. It's hard to watch the film. It's hard to be a god. It is. It's the best watching your friend play a really boring computer game film. That's, out there. that's very well made. That's very very well made. So there you go. So check it out. Take me to the beaver. Take me to the beaver. Take me to the beaver. Oh, yeah. Wash me in the water. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Done.